From Washington, this is the CQ Budget Podcast, your leading Capitol Hill source on how Congress allocates federal taxpayer dollars. I'm David Lerman, your budget tracker and editor of the CQ Budget newsletter. And with me today is Ryan McCrimmon, who covers the budget and appropriations process for CQ. Thanks for joining me again, Ryan. Thank you for having me. So before Congress went on its spring recess, lawmakers went on a spending spree, adding nearly $300 billion to discretionary spending limits over the coming two years. That came on the heels of a major tax-cutting package that could add a trillion dollars to annual deficits over the coming decade, even after accounting for economic growth. But now House Republicans are preparing to push for a constitutional amendment requiring a balanced budget which would make all the tax cuts and spending increases they just passed a lot harder to do, if not impossible. So, Ryan, what's going on? So the House will, at some point, we don't know when, will take up this balanced budget amendment, and we expect this is basically just a symbolic vote. A lot of uh, conservative Republicans have been unhappy with the uh, sort of the way the deficit picture has looked this year. They've, as you said, they've voted on legislation that would add a ton of money to the deficit. And this is sort of a way for Republicans to try to save face, uh, particularly with voters. They can say, look, we voted for a balanced budget amendment um, that, you know, so we, we still are fiscal hawks. We still care about the deficit. Um, th- basically, this came about because Speaker Paul Ryan had essentially promised some sort of balanced budget vote to to some of these conservative members last year when those members agreed to go along with a budget which did not balance um, but paved the way for tax reform through the through the complex budget reconciliation process. So so the speaker needed all Republicans to get behind that. So he basically said, you know, we'll vote on a balanced budget amendment later if you guys go along with this now. So here we are months later. There seems like they're finally going to actually vote on it. So this is uh, holding up a part of a political deal made last year, really. Yeah. But a balanced budget amendment has almost no chance of actually getting passed, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you'd need two-thirds of the vote in the House and the Senate. That's not going to happen. Yeah, like, like we said, it's it's basically more symbolic. It's sort of a messaging thing for um, Republicans in particular to take home, go back to their districts and say, we voted for a balanced budget amendment. It's something that uh, members have talked about for a long time, but uh, whether it would be a, an effective policy is you know, that's up for debate. I mean, it would it would, like you said, it would make it much harder to pass any major legislation that would add to the deficit in a significant way. Um, it re- would basically require real offsets, which is something that Congress is terrified of having to actually offset these huge spending increases and um, the tax cuts that you know raise are expected to raise the deficit by a trillion dollars over a decade. So, uh, yeah, so it, it's, it's a symbolic vote. Um, don't expect anything to really come of it except for campaign messaging. Indeed, Ryan. Here's what one Republican congressman told Fox Business Network last week. Congressman Tom Reed is with us, Republican from New York. Uh, Congressman, this looks like an attempt to rectify the GOP's position with voters before the November election, having made a mess of the spending bill. Is that what's going on here? Well, you know, as I voted against both that budget agreement as that, and that spending bill, the debt is an issue, and how they're addressing it from, uh, from a political perspective may be the case, but at the end of the day, it's more substantive than, than that. You're talking about a balanced budget amendment, which we need in Washington, D.C. And, of course, Democrats were quick to accuse Republicans of hypocrisy on this issue. 
What's their basic line of attack here? Yeah, I mean, basically that uh, Republicans who control the agenda spent the last year passing tax cuts that will add a trillion or more to the deficit over the next year, uh, over the next 10 years, uh, even accounting for economic growth. And uh, Congress just passed this giant spending bill, which, uh, you know, a, tr- a trillion and point three dollars. That's a lot of money. And uh, even President Trump, you know, complained about the size of it. Uh, and Democrats are worried about then facing huge cuts to Medicare and Medicaid. If, exactly. If- and they're saying, and, you know, they're, I think their point is that this this balanced budget amendment vote is just a way to save face. I mean, they haven't passed legislation that would actually uh, balance. It's just a, a way of saying this is what we would like it to balance, ideally. Um, and it's also not just uh, Democrats. Senator Bob Corker, for example, uh, one of the last sort of real fiscal hawks in Congress, um, went on Twitter and said, this is purely symbolic. We've had chances to show that we care about fiscal restraint, and we haven't done so. Um, so it's not just Democrats who are you know, making that, that claim of hypocrisy. Bob, Bob Corker, a Republican from Tennessee, who did vote for the tax cut package, but who's now retiring and maybe a little freer to speak his mind if he thinks this... Uh, yeah, and I mean, he's gotten blowback for supporting that package and then talking about fiscal responsibility. So, uh, you know, everyone, everyone who, a lot of people who claim to be fiscal hawks at some point will vote for legislation that is not necessarily fiscally responsible. All right, so there may be a House vote on a balanced budget amendment soon after Congress reconvenes next week, but it won't get far. And meanwhile, there may or may not be any vote this year on a budget resolution to guide the fiscal 2019 spending bills. The annual budget resolution is supposed to set the overall spending levels for the upcoming year. So, Ryan, why might Congress not bother doing a budget this year? Well, basically because they don't need to. Uh, This giant budget deal that they just reached in February basically lays out exactly how much they're able to spend um, for the next fiscal year. So they don't really need a budget resolution that, that sets those levels. And the other big reason is that Republicans have used the budget uh, in the past, or twice in the past year, to basically tee up their health care repeal effort and the tax code overhaul through the budget reconciliation process, which is this really complex process that uh, the long and short of it is that uh, they're it able to pass. Right. Yeah, they're able to pass le- big legislation with a simple majority vote. They don't need 60 votes, so they don't need Democrats in the Senate. So without a big item like health care or taxes that they're looking to pass this year, there's not really a reason to pass a budget and get that uh, reconciliation tool. So uh, without the need to do it, there's not really a lot of reason to subject members to taking these difficult votes that that happen when there's a budget vote. And we should say they may not be keen on going through the plethora of, of, of amendments to right. have to vote on politically sensitive spending cuts or whatnot as they campaign for re-election at the same time. Exactly. And and that's not to say that, uh, you know, the budget committees will may, may mark up a budget in the House at least. Um, so it's possible that they'll sort of make, you know, go through the motions of talking about doing a budget, but it's unlikely that they'll really bring one to the floor or do anything meaningful. Okay, so we will see whether Congress ever takes up a budget resolution, which by statute, by the way, is due by April 15, uh, while we're getting close to that deadline, and we'll track how far a balanced budget constitutional amendment ever gets, and CQ will be following it all for you again. My thanks to CQ's Ryan McCrimmon, our budget reporter. 
for joining me again. And thank you all for listening. I'm David Lerman, your CQ Budget Tracker. We'll be back next week. Until then, you can keep up to date by reading your daily CQ Budget newsletter. And be sure to subscribe to this podcast and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or NPR One. And to find more on this subject and other budget news, you can visit rollcall.com or cq.com or find us on Twitter. The handle is at CQNow or at Roll Call. See you next week.